Hey y'all, what is up? It's your girl P and welcome back to the KKWP podcast. I am super excited for today's episode and Maya, we are on episode four. So just loving the growth and the overall development of this podcast and just loving the way that God is flowing through this ministry. I am also on IG at the KKWP podcast. We are starting Bible Talk Tuesdays every Tuesday morning at 6.30 a.m. And then we'll be doing a new podcast episode available on Apple Music and YouTube every Thursday. So, y'all, for today, I want to talk about friendships and relationships. I thought that this topic was very interesting. Interesting um, because one, as a single person, you know, kind of not having that insider perspective to what it's like to be in a relationship or basically a godly relationship, um, a Holy Spirit filled relationship or even marriage being a single person. But then again, that's what makes this my this take so interesting like being from a single perspective i want to just talk about how my perspective in relationships and friendships has shifted since becoming closer to god and kind of letting my relationship with christ dictate and navigate how um that is reflected in my friendships and relationships all right, y'all, so let's go ahead and get started. Again, we are on <laughs> episode four, so I'm super, super excited for that. So we're going to begin by talking about friendships. Um, This is something that took me a long, long, long time to comprehend in regards to friendships and relationships. I, it took me a while to realize that your relationship with Christ is going to be a ref- going to be reflected in your friendships and in your romantic relationships as well. The closer I got to Christ, the more I started to become like him and the more I was able to exhibit that within my friendships and within you know even even attempting any intimate or um, romantic relationships. So again, I'm gonna start with friendships. So just a quick testimony. Um, like, you know, when I was younger and I didn't really have a relationship with Christ, I, that was being revealed throughout my friendships, the way we would argue, the way we would curse each other out, the way we would, you know, show unforgiveness, the way, um, I would interact with them, just the language we would use, the type of vibes we would get and, and, you know, just certain demeanors and attitude that we had within the friendship. Whenever we was good, it was good. But when we were bad, it was bad. Like cursing each other out, unforgiveness, and so many different things. And I realized, like, just moving forward, that as I grew closer with Christ, I had to begin to set boundaries with people. And I also had to remove myself from friendships that um weren't pleasing unto the lord and let's just talk about the fact that you are the sum of the five people that you hang around so if you are hanging with five foolish people you're going to be the sixth foolish person if you are hanging with five wise people you are going to be the sixth 
wise person out of that group. And we can even talk about Proverbs chapter one, verse five. It declares that a wise man will hear and will increase learning and a man of understanding shall obtain unto unto wise counsel. Now, riddle me this. How are you going to attain wise counsel if you're hanging around foolish people? So I had to change my perspective when it came to friendship. I had to realize that, no, I'm not better than anybody, but I have to be mindful of who I hang around. I have to be mindful of who I'm letting speak into my ear. I have to be mindful of who I'm letting speak over my life. And I know y'all hear that saying, oh, birds of a feather flock together. That is absolutely true. Whoever you hang around, you're going to be just like them. And, And just like in this current uh phase that I'm currently in I didn't used to have a wise a wise camp council I used to hang around anybody and everybody and I used to think everybody was my friend I didn't understand that I had to keep some people at an associate position I didn't understand that I thought everybody could be my friend I thought I could get every advice from any and everybody but that honestly wasn't the case because the Bible declares in Proverbs 27 verse 17 iron sharpens iron If you are hanging around someone that's not iron, how are they going to sharpen you? And we also have to realize that sometimes we give so much to friendships. We pour so much into friendships. But we have to realize whether or not that person has the ability to pour back into us. Because it's one heck of a thing to sit there and continuously pour, 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 pour. And not receiving anything in return. And not that friendship is even about uh give and take whether or not you get a return but you have to be mindful like if you're continuously pouring into someone they are draining you if they're not pouring back into you if they're not speaking life over you as well and it took me a long time to realize this like constantly pouring 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 and not like getting anything back in return in terms of like praying for me in terms of interceding for me in terms of fasting for me like I be although I'm strong don't get me wrong I need help too although I'm the one that always gives advice I need advice too although I'm the one that's always interceding and standing in the gap I need someone to intercede and stand in the gap for me too I'm not as strong as y'all think Sometimes I need a friend who could pray over me. Sometimes I need a friend who can encourage me. Sometimes we need friends who can speak life over us, especially in times where we feel, you know, not motivated or discouraged or going through hardships. We need people around us who can speak life into us. We need people around us who can pray for us. We need people around us who can, you know, just be there for us, <laughs> you know? So be mindful of who you're hanging around because if you're constantly pouring out and they're never pouring out for you, you have to be balanced. Like, you have to be equally yoked. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness what unrighteousness what communion hath light what darkness how can you dwell somewhere 
where it's, 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 it's not equally yoked. Like, you're going to be the one carrying most of the burden in the friendship if you are partnering up with someone who is not, you know, someone who probably don't even have the capacity to carry the yoke the same way you do. And just moving forward, I had to set a boundary. I have to be equally yoked with every friendship. Some people that I used to be cool with back then, I can't take into that next season of my life. God has shown me, God has shown me and God has told me, you know, this next season of your life, I'm going to call you into isolation. So unfortunately, this person that you used to be so close with, so, uh, you know, body and binge, <laughs> like so cool with, cannot come with you this next go round. And I had a hard time letting people go. and But I realized that the more I hold, held on to it, the more we became um, toxic for one another. You have to realize when it's time to let people go, not only for your good, but for their good as well. Because if they're going somewhere that God is not calling them to go, but you want them to go with you, you're holding them back as well. You're not only holding yourself back, you're holding them back as well. God is calling them to a different season as well. And you have to be okay with that. It's not that you don't love them. It's not that you don't want to be friends with them. But you have to understand that sometimes some people are just in your life for a certain season. A lesson or a blessing. Some people are just meant to be in your life for a certain season. And let's dive into 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Yeah, I want to tell you this one hit home for me because I used to always say, just because I'm hanging around them don't mean that I'm doing the same thing that they're doing. Or just because I'm hanging around them doesn't mean that I'm like them. But you have to realize who you are hanging around. They have, to, they have influence on you. Even if you don't realize it, you start to act like them. You start to talk like them. You start to walk like them. And if they are walking in the ways of wickedness, if they are walking in the ways of unrighteousness, you will unintentionally begin to follow that lead. Even if you don't intentionally put in your head, oh, I'm going to walk in wickedness or oh, I'm going to go do this unrighteousness with them. Just because you're with them, you're going to unintentionally fall into that. So you just have to be mindful of the kind of company that you're keeping. You can't sit there and have bad company and expect good character to come out of that. You can't sit there and be around bad company and expect the fruits that you are bearing to bear good fruit. Like you can't expect it to be good fruit because you are literally sitting amongst bad fruit. Think about this. When a fruit is molding, if there are any fruits around it, even a vegetable, <laughs> if there are anything around it, that mold will begin to spread onto the next fruit. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad fruit will corrupt good fruit. That mold will begin to spread onto every other fruit around it, causing all of them to become rotten. So don't sit there and think that you can hang around people and you won't pick up their habits. You won't pick up the things that they're doing. You won't be like them. 
that was one of the biggest things I had to learn. That was one of the biggest things I had to learn. And it it was such a hard thing to learn. But I thank God that I learned that. Because God will reveal to you. God will show you the people who you are hanging around. And whether or not you need to move up on out of there or not. All right. So now let's talk about the other side of friendship. Um, In terms of... There are some friendships that are just so good. Friendships that you know are going to last a lifetime. So let me tell y'all. when After I graduated undergrad, I moved to the Tampa Bay area. And I got involved with a life group at my church that I started going to. And I did not realize how important it was to have wise counsel to have holy spirit filled friendships again it's one thing to have friends great okay cool but it's something about god ordained friendships to a point (laughs) where god will speak to them about me and vice versa The Holy Spirit would literally lead them to call me, text me, check up on me, pray for me, intercede for me, stand in a gap for me, and vice versa. And let me tell you, it was so refreshing to have an equally yoked friendship. A friendship that was reciprocated when it came to walking in the ways of the Lord. Back then, I I didn't have friends who were praying for me. I didn't have friends who were interceding for me. I didn't have friends, you know, just friends who were standing in a gap for me. So to finally meet people, meet a community of people that would pray for you, stand in a gap for you, and, and, you know, uh, uh, intercede on your behalf, it was definitely something new to me. And again, I did not realize how necessary it was to be in a community of believers until I got into one. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fool suffers harm. It is very imperative to be mindful of who you are walking among. You can't just walk with anybody. You can't just hang with anybody. Because when you hang with just anybody, they begin, to, they begin to put stuff in your ear. They begin to put stuff in your head. When you are hanging with wise, godly counsel, they will motivate you. They will encourage you, y'all. I'm telling you, <laughs> I did not realize how important it was until I got into that environment. An environment of believers, who understood the mission and the the work to be done in the body of Christ, the an environment of believers who understood the importance of having godly and wise counsel around you. And it was honestly just amazing to see people my age, um, you know, just desiring to have a relationship with the Lord as I am. You know, it's it's awesome to see you know, going to church and just being a part of a community of people my age who are interested in, who are actively pursuing the Lord 
the same way that I am. You know, it motivates me. It encourages me to do better, to be better. And it's just nice to know that I, I can, you know, hit one of them up and say, hey, I'm struggling with this and they'll pray for me. It's refreshing to know that I don't have to carry the weight alone, that I don't have to carry the burden alone. That I have a friend who can pray for me. That I have a friend who can speak life over me. That I have a friend who can encourage me. Because I didn't have that for so long. Growing up, um, it was hard. I felt like I was carrying everything alone. I felt like I had to do everything alone. I didn't have a community of people who were praying or interceding for me. I, I, I didn't grow up with that. I didn't even know that was a normal thing, if I'm being completely honest. I didn't even know. And one of the girls from my life group, she said, I will never forget this because it genuinely changed my entire perspective about why it's important to have godly friendships. She said, you cannot pull down an, an entire principality alone. And when I tell you this, like, shook me to my core because for so long I've been praying and interceding for my family, praying to break generational curses, praying to break, you know, bondage upon my, that's on my bloodline. And she literally told me, you cannot pull down a principality alone. You need people who are going to pray on your behalf. You need people who are going to help you on this journey. This is not a walk you want to do alone. You need friends. You need a community of like-minded believers, people who are pursuing Christ as you are for multiple reasons, motivation, encouragement, people who can pray and intercede on your behalf, and so much more. It's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And coming from personal experience. Um, so now we're going to go ahead and move into Relationships. Again, I am not married. I am not in any sort of romantic relationship. I just want to give my personal testimony as to why, um, you know, as to why I genuinely believe that every relationship must be Christ-centered and to be a living testimony as to why the word of God is real and true because I've tried, you know, I've tried the romantic relationship portion without it being Christ centered. I've tried it without actively pursuing the word of God in that romantic relationship. And I'm here to tell y'all, baby, it is not, it It is ghetto G H E T T O. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. But okay. So let me go ahead and give y'all some background, some testimony. So just like growing up, I could genuinely say I've only ever been in one like real romantic relationship in middle school. After that, I completely like just stopped dating. I stopped, you know, the romantic relationship. But I've always like talked to someone. I've always like been in that phase of getting to know someone, but never to a point where it was ever serious enough to get into a romantic relationship. None of them were ever satisfying, nor were they fulfilling. I always felt like something was missing. Like, I always felt like this is not the situation that God wants me in. But because of my, like, uh, fear of being alone and fear of 
not feeling wanted or desired or feel like feeling like someone wants me because I had that fear. Um, I've always just clinged on to a situationship. That's what let's let's call it what it is. A situationship. Situationship. And I had plenty of them and they all just never worked out. And I had to it it got to a point so bad that I went into depression. Like I didn't understand why they were treating me this way. I didn't understand why things were just playing out this way. And I, I it was just never right. So you know what I did? I completely cut dating out and I went back to the drawing board. I went back to God and I said, God, what is going on? And I come to realize that the problem was me. Sometimes as women, we have to realize that sometimes it's true. The problem can be us. I had to realize that I wasn't healthy. I wasn't whole. I wasn't mentally stable. I wasn't emotionally ready for a relationship. Once I come to a realization about that, I said, okay, God, I'll stop dating. I'll stop dating. Matter of fact, let, let me go back to the drawing board and learn what love really is. Let me re and let me relearn you, God. Let me re let me go back to the beginning and, and, and start over with you, God. Let me learn what love really is. Let me learn what love really feels like. And you are the creator of love, God. So let me date you. I want to date you. I want to know what it's like to be courted properly. I want to know what it's like to be loved properly. I want to know what it's like to be cared for properly. I want to know what it's like to be provided for properly so that moving forward, I understand that this is how it is supposed to be. I don't have to conform to the way that the world defines dating, relationship, and marriage. But instead, let me learn the foundation of relationships and marriage from the word of God. So... I bought this book by Dr. Miles Monroe called Waiting and Dating. And I just kind of started reading that. I wanted to learn, you know, where I had messed up at. And I wanted to, I wanted God to correct me in those areas. I was toxic. I was toxic. Oh, baby, I was toxic. But I never wanted to admit that. But God began to show me all the areas that I needed to work on. God began to show me all the areas of my life that needed to be healed. I was not healed. I thought I was healed and I thought I was emotionally ready and emotionally available. But the absolute truth was I was not healed. I was still hurting from things that I didn't want to speak about. I was still hurting from things that I was too afraid to admit. I was still hurting from things that I was embarrassed about. I was still hurting from past trauma that I had not addressed, that I had not healed from, that I had not allowed God to deal with me on. And being completely honest, y'all, it took me a long time to get to a place where all I wanted was for God to work on me. Because I know that I want to be an amazing wife. I want to be an amazing mother. I want to be a better sister. I want to be a better daughter. I want to be a better friend. I want to be better at, I want to be better and wholesome at everything there is to be better at. But I knew it started with God working on me. I knew I had to be open, honest, humble, and transparent 
going to God and telling him that I'm ready for you to work on me. I will yield to how the Holy Spirit is trying to move in my life, Lord. I will let the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do. Correct me, convict me, discipline me, Lord God, because I'm ready to do the work. I realized that I had to be complete before I ever even thought about possibly moving to, into any romantic relationship. And I know that that completeness comes through my relationship with Christ. Colossians, I probably pronounced that wrong, y'all, sorry. <laughs> Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 through 10 declares, For in him dwells all the fullness of God bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. So that means if I'm not content in my completeness, if I'm not complete in Christ first, I'm never, ever, ever going to be complete in any romantic relationship, in any relationship. So I knew that I had to find God. I had to find Christ. I had to understand that I am the bride of Christ. And that that is the relationship that I need to tend to before I think of moving forward in any other romantic relationship. So again, I just went back to the drawing board. God started to show me all the areas of my life that needed healing. God started to show me all the areas of my life that needed deliverance. And this is not only healing and deliverance for romantic relationships, but healing and deliverance for friendships, healing and deliverance for every area of my life, not just for the purpose of romantic relationships, but for the purpose of being set free. The Bible declares that he who is set free by the Son of Man is free indeed. And I want it to be free in every area of my life. And not just freedom for my future spouse, but freedom for myself. I want to be free. Matter of fact, I am free from anything and everything that was trying to hold me back from all that God has for me. So again, just making sure that I'm doing the, taking the time to work on myself. Doing more self-care, learning, learning about my boundaries, personally, friendships, finances, academically, relationships, whatever it may be. Just learning my boundaries, learning more about myself, learning more about my marriage to my bridegroom, Jesus Christ, learning how to implement him into every single area of my life, learning how to to walk out the word of God on a daily, y'all. It was so much things that I needed to work on. And, and you know, just in my life, I that's when I began to realize, wow, I really need God. There's so much damage and trauma and healing that needed. I mean, there was so much damage and trauma that happened. I didn't even realize that I needed to be healed, set free and delivered. It wasn't until God showed me and I began to realize, Jesus, I really need you in my life. I really need you in every area of my life, not just in one area, but in every area. I realized that I can't just have the name of Jesus on my lips, but my heart be far from him. In order to truly, truly, truly be the woman that God is calling me to be, I had to make sure that my heart was with Jesus. I had to make sure he was in my heart, y'all. And it took so much time, so much time. 
But I can finally say that I am in that single season where I am finding contentment in everything. I'm finding contentment in just like being okay with the fact that God is working on me. Being okay that even though everyone else around me may be in relationships and being okay with the fact that everyone else around me my age is getting married or you know are are in the process of marriage or whatever that may be being content in the season that God has me in because I know that God is working on me and just being okay and knowing and resting in the promises of God and knowing that he will give me my heart's desire which is to have a husband and a family moving forward. But I also know something about God's timing. I do not want to be in such a rush that I move ahead of God's timing and I miss up any potential. I'm content in the season that God has me in. I'm content in the waiting process. I am content. I am content. Because I know the promises of God. And I know that God is not a man that he shall lie. And so throughout this single season, yes, I've been working on myself. But I also wanted to learn about marriage before I get there. So we all know the infamous verse (laughs) when it comes to talking about a wife. Proverbs 31. So... I was just recently reading Proverbs 31, and you know what I noticed? Um, There were so many attributes as to what it means to be a Proverbs 31 woman, and I realized that the attributes that were being listed were things that she already had before she became a wife. She didn't she didn't find these things once she became a wife the bible lists all these things noble character works with eager hands provider provides food for the family buys a field plants a vineyard works vigorously is profitable doesn't eat the bread of idleness speaks wisdom clothes in strength and dignity watches affairs makes linen so on and so forth. These are attributes that the woman already has. This will, this is what makes her a good wife. She didn't become a wife and then all of a sudden these things were learned or added on to her. She already possessed the noble character. She already possessed the power of speaking in wisdom. She already was clothed in strength and dignity prior to becoming a wife. So I had to realize that God is working in me prior to me even becoming a wife. There are things that God is implementing and building within me before I'm even in the process of becoming a wife. God is still working on me as an individual. God is still working on me as a a single person in my single season, in my singleness, before I even get to marriage. So a lot of times I'll be like, oh, Oh my gosh, oh my god, I can't wait to get married. I can't wait to get married. But this whole time I I I forgot to stop, take a pause, 
and realize that God is developing me. God is pruning me. God is working on me. God is moving me and molding me in this current season of singleness. And I have to be okay with that. I can't look at other people's race. I can't look at what other people have going on because we may not be in that same season. I can't look to the left or look to the right at their lane when I have my own lane to maintain. There is this famous analogy that is always used. When you think about racing horses, racing horses, they wear blinders so that during their race, they don't get caught up in what the other horses are doing in their the, the other lanes. The blinders keep them focused and fixed on what's in their lanes. So I realized that in a lot of areas of my life, I have to have on blinders. I can't worry about what other people are doing or the rate and speed at which others are moving because I have my own race to run. Paul says, what good is it for me to do this race if in the end I myself might be disqualified? What good is it for me to look left and right at somebody else's race, at somebody else's lane, and the whole time I wasn't even fixed and focused on my lane, now I have become disqualified in this race because I wasn't being focused on what God was doing in me. Being focused on what God was trying to work in me. God is still pruning me. And that is okay. I may have to go through the beating, the shaking, and the pressing longer than other people. But I have to be okay with that. I have to realize that the Lord is making oil out of this beating, pressing, and shaking. An oil, the, an olive has to go through three phases in order for its oil to run. It has to go through the beating. It has to go through the shaking. It has to go through the pressing in order for that oil to come out of that olive. And just like the olive, God is pruning me and allowing me to go through these phases so that my oil with him can be produced. And the significance to oil is, if you think about Matthew 25 it talks about the the virgins right how some of them had were prepared with their oil and some ran out of oil imagine it is time for you to go ahead and proceed into that romantic relationship phase or proceed into marriage or proceed into that courting phase and you run out of oil take your time with god God's timing is perfect. Ecclesiastes 3 states that there is a time and a season for everything under the sun. Believe me when I say that God has the perfect, most impeccable timing for you. He knows you better than you know yourself. So if he's making you wait, it's for a reason. If he's making you take longer than others, it's okay. It's for a reason. He's still building you. He's still molding you. He's still shaping you. He's still developing you. He's still pushing out that oil. And you have to be content in knowing that God is going to work all things together for the good of those who love him. For the good of those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. He will work everything out for your good. So don't ever forsake in your waiting season. 
Don't ever forsake in this season because trust me when I say your single season is your most important season. You will begin to learn things about yourself. You will begin to set boundaries up with people. You will begin to, you know, just begin to understand why it is important to have a relationship with the Lord first before proceeding into any other relationship dating experiences and why I've come to understand (laughs) why what God is saying about relationships is so important so I am the kind of kid where unfortunately it takes me longer to learn things than others I'm one of those kids where your parent could tell you oh don't touch the stove because it's hot but I don't understand how hot it is until I go touch it (laughs) so I just remember distinct periods of my life where the Holy Spirit would tell me no don't do that no don't go there with that person no don't be with that person but I didn't understand why until I went to go do it and had to find out why it was so bad in the end I didn't understand why sex no sex before marriage was important I didn't understand that I didn't understand why having Christ as the center of the relationship was so important until I went to go get in a situation that did not have Christ nowhere in it for me to find out, oh, 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 this is why Christ must be the center. I ended up in so many unequally yoked situationships because I thought that I could bring that person to Christ. And unfortunately, that's not my responsibility. That's not my responsibility to drag someone to Christ. I thought that, oh, if I just get with this person, um, pray for them and, you know, they'll understand why I follow Jesus and they'll eventually want to follow Jesus. And in the end, happily ever after, we both love Jesus and it is a Jesus-centered relationship. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. I ended up taking the shorter end of the stick each time. I... Ended up taking the shorter stick of it each time and I ended up falling into sin because I was with someone who was already engaging in sin. Or another thing, I would sit there and like chase men. Like I thought it was me oh, being straightforward, going for what I wanted, but really in the end, God showed me that I was chasing men because I was afraid of being alone. I was chasing men because I felt like I needed the validation to feel like, oh, you know, I'm beautiful or, oh, to feel wanted. I was getting validation from the wrong things. I wasn't seeking God. I was seeking men. And I thought that, you know, if I did this, then maybe they'll want me. But in the end, God revealed to me that it is I you must seek. Matthew 6.33 declares, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added onto you it took me a while to learn that if I seek God in his righteousness it is a guarantee it is a promise that he will add everything onto me I don't have to seek men I don't have to seek relationships I don't have to seek friendship if I seek God everything else will be added on to me. And it took me a while to learn that. It took me a while to realize that I was seeking and going after the wrong things. And let's even talk about Proverbs 18, verse 22. He 
who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Let me read that one more time for the people in the back. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. He who finds is the key word. As a woman, it is not your position to go seek and go find a man. It's one thing to express interest, to express mutual interest, but it is not your position to sit there and seek and find a man. That is not your position. So me just looking back, that's what I was doing. I was sitting there seeking and looking for a man, looking for somebody to want me, looking for somebody to love me. And I didn't even realize that at the end of the day, all that was rooted in daddy issues. All that was rooted in past trauma. All that was rooted in past neglect, past hurt. And I didn't even know that because why? Because I didn't even take the time to allow God to heal me. I didn't even take the time to allow God to reveal to me the areas of my life that needed to be worked on. I was so fixed and focused on finding a man or being in a relationship or feeling wanted or feeling the need to talk to somebody. I never had that period of my life prior to, you know, completely cutting dating off and giving my life to God where I wasn't talking to someone. And the worst part about it is I would talk to the same group of people, just have them on repeat. I stopped talking to one person, I went to the next person. I stopped talking to that person, I went to the next person, so on and so forth. And I kept it in a circular motion, keeping circulating the same group of men. When I got tired of one, I went to the next. When I got tired of that one, I went back to the other one. Back and forth like a game, a toxic game. And I realized it was just rooted in my past hurt, my past trauma. My past dad issues, my past issues of neglect and my past issues of sexual abuse and my past issues of so many things that I was not healed from. And I wasn't ready to let them go. I would play victim. I would be a narcissist, y'all. I didn't want them to let me go. I used to always say things like, oh, you would never find somebody like me. Or, oh, you will always look for me in the next person. Or, oh, um... You're going to always be in love with me. I used to say stuff like that without realizing that the power is in the tongue. You are putting these men in bondage with you by saying stuff like that. You are putting these men in bondage to come back to you knowing that that's not the situation that God wants you in in the first place. But you professing these things over their lives, putting them in bondage to you. And oh, ho, ho, let's talk about soul ties. Y'all, I used to always think it was a myth, a myth that soul ties exist until I found myself in some, y'all. I found myself in soul ties because I was doing things I had no business doing. Fornicating, y'all. It is, it is, God is serious when he says, that soul ties exist. You giving your body away to someone, you are joining your spirit and your flesh with that person. You are literally joining your soul with that person. So when you think you leaving out of that situation and you think, oh, I'm done, I ain't going back. That's a lie. You are in a soul tie with that person. In order to break that soul tie, it requires praying and fasting. 
And through personal testimony, I had to pray and fast and plead to God to break me free and give me freedom from these two soul ties. I was fasting, y'all, to a point it was so bad I had to fast from two soul ties at once. And I remember on the last night of that fast, I had the urge to throw up. And I went in the toilet and I just threw up. And that was God setting me free from those soul ties. And you know what my loco, boco, cuckoo self done did? I went right back to them. Fornicated right back again with them and put myself in in another soul tie with the same people that God just delivered me from. Do not run back to the things that God delivered you from. He set you free for a reason so that you could be free. Do not sit there and run back to the things that God had already delivered you from. And like I said, I was very, very toxic. I didn't realize. I always I used to always think, oh, it's the guy. He's toxic. Oh, it's his behavior. Oh, it's him. It's him. It's him. It's him. I never sat down to take the chance to realize, was it ever me? But now being more mature in spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me and, you know, just gaining wisdom and knowledge from the Lord, I realized that I was the problem a lot of the times. I was the problem. And because I was a problem, I had to sit down with myself and I had to ask God to renew my mind. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, do not be conformed by this world. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Y'all, I had to allow the Lord to renew my mind through his word. Thank you, God, for giving me the grace to do so. And this is something that I wrote down because it took me a long time to actually understand what renewing my mind meant. So I said, old, my old thinking was, the further I get away from sin, the closer I draw to God. God had to renew my mind and renew my thinking with me saying, by saying, the closer I draw to God, the further I draw away from sin. See, my old thinking made me understand and believe that if I could just stay away from this sin for this X amount of time, then I'll be closer to God. But what I missed the whole entire purpose of why it is important for me to have Jesus. I'm supposed to be thinking about the fact that I need to draw closer and closer to Jesus because if I draw closer and closer to Jesus, the further away I'll draw from sin. I can't have my mind fixed and focused on, let me stay away from sin, let me stay away from sin, let me stay away from sin because that will track my mind into thinking more about the sin rather than thinking about Jesus. So God had to renew my mind for me to understand that I need to be focused on him because if I'm focused on him, if I'm seeking him, if I'm seeking his righteousness, I'll be able to get away from the things that are not pleasing to him. That switch my focus from the things that are not pleasing to him onto him, right? So God had to renew my mind. And one day I was just because I had um I had messed up. But thank God for friends who can pray and intercede for you. I had to call up my friend quick. Hey, can you meet me here? I really need to talk. I really need prayer. I really need help. 
confess your sins, y'all. Confess your sins before God. Truly, truly repent. And you will know when you're ready to truly, truly repent because you're going to confess what you did. I fornicated. I committed adultery. I lied. I murdered. Whatever it may be, confess your Open up your mouth and confess your sin. Don't try to sugarcoat to God. Oh, God, you know what I did. Oh, God, I did the thing that I did last time. No, open up your mouth. Be bold and tell God what you did. Be ready to repent, y'all. So out of that same vein, I went to my friend and I, I confess. I openly confess because the very things that you try to keep in dark, that's how the devil's going to keep you in bondage. You're not ready to bring that to light. You're not ready to bring that sin to light so that God can work on you and renew you and deliver you. The devil will hold that over your head and keep you in bondage because of that. So I immediately went to my friend and said, hey, I, I need help. I need help. I, I confess. I did this X, Y, and Z. Now, I, I want, I'm ready to pray and I'm ready to repent of that behavior because I need to turn away from it and turn away from it immediately. And one thing that the Holy Spirit said to us and that he revealed to us during that conversation is you cannot renew your mind with your own thoughts and i know y'all thinking how does this have anything to do with relationships but it's a simple fact that i was toxic and i didn't realize that i was toxic and that i needed god to work on me because i wasn't ready to confess all the things that i had did relating to my toxic behavior I wasn't ready to confess that I was the issue. I wasn't ready to confess that I needed healing, that I needed deliverance, that I needed freedom. So me being open to God renewing my mind is what led me to freedom, is what led me to deliverance, is what led me to confess that, yes, I was wrong. Yes, I exhibited this kind of behavior. And yes, I need Jesus. I need Jesus to work on me because without Jesus, I won't be able to move forward and have any sort of godly relationship. I won't be able to move forward and have any sort of relationship where Jesus is a center if I'm not really ready to repent of my old ways and turn to Jesus and ask for forgiveness and allow the Holy Spirit to move in my life unhindered and unyielded. Allow the Holy Spirit to move how he wants to move in my life if I wasn't ready to repent and confess of my sins and get rid of that toxic behavior. So just like kind of fast forward to today, y'all, I'm in this place in my life where I am content in the waiting season. I know that this is not the end game when it comes to romantic relationships. I know that I will get married and I will have children and so on and so on. But as of now, I know that God is working on me. I can feel him doing construction on the inside of me. And it is my goal to be a wholesome woman. I want to be whole. I want to be complete in Christ first before I even think about opening up dating again. I want God to work on me. I want God to give me the say so that, okay, you're ready to move it into the dating phase you're ready to open up dating again you're ready to you know even proceed in into any romantic relationship and again y'all i had to learn what love was by rediscovering who christ was i had to learn what love was so that 
when it is time for me to move into that romantic dating, you know, scenery or whatever, I would understand, okay, this is love and this is not love. And during this season, I'm learning to stand firm on my boundaries. I'm learning to stand firm on the word of God so that, again, when I do proceed into that phase of my life of dating, I would understand, okay, this is the fruit of the spirit. This is love versus this is not a fruit of the spirit versus this is not love. Love is patient. It really is. Love is kind. Love is not boastful. Love is not proud. And I learned that because I've taken the time to sit down with the Lord and be in the relationship that I am and with him right now as his bride. And again, it took me a long time to get to this place where I want to learn about Christ and I want to learn what it is and what a marriage is supposed to be because this world will trick you into believing that this is what what relationships are. The world will trick you out of believing what the word of God says about relationships and marriage. The world and society is okay with premarital sex. The world and society is okay with adultery. The world and society is okay with certain boundaries that the Bible makes clear are not acceptable, that the Bible makes clear are not pleasing unto God. So again, y'all, just learning about my relationship with Christ so that I can reflect that in my friendships and relationships. And I love y'all. I'm going to go ahead and end this off. And I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. And I wish you all the absolute best. Thank y'all for tuning in to the KKWP podcast. Go ahead and leave a review, leave a comment. I love to en- I would love to engage with each and every single one of you. And again, y'all, we are back every Tuesday at 6.30 a.m. with a Bible Talk Tuesday. And every Thursday, y'all, with a new podcast episode. Again, this is your girl, Precious. Thank you guys for tuning in. And y'all have a good one. Bye-bye.